thing to be here with all of you uh, watching all around the world uh, it is there's really no place like Times Square on New Year's Eve it's true uh, it felt magical and weird and cleansing and a little drunk and 2020 is gone and 2020 is freaking gone, gone. So we I'm flushed it down the toilet. I, not, I definitely like do not the need this. Like fecal mess that it was. This is a little half. I like saying that. Let's just. Mm. I, I'm glad I brought two bottles of this. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Eh. All right. Eh. All right. Oh my god. I'm like that's how I felt when I saw Mayor De Blasio dancing just now. <laughs> what are you? What are you I just yeah. don't need to see that at the beginning of 2021. Do something with this city. <laughs> Honestly, get it together! God. Goodness. All right. Anyway. I'll we, be we still got a lot of show. Tiptoeing back to Bravo in about 20 minutes. <laughs> but while I have this platform, I got some other stuff I want to say, oh, too. Okay. All right? You're that guy in the bar. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, and another thing. Yeah. Yeah! I think we've had enough of that in 2020. Yeah, we actually 2021. have. Yes. So I'll just wear masks. Yes. Get through this. Could there be some decorum? Would it be the worst thing? A sense of shame. A, a sense of... Get it, get it. Pop it. Yeah. Here it comes. <laughs> they never Here work right. Oh. <laughs> Here's to better luck in the new year. Oh, well. Thanks, guys. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Vidcast. I guess that's what I'm going to call it. I don't really have a name for it. That intro is pretty freaking pathetic. That's Wuhan. Wuhan gets to celebrate New Year's Eve, but we don't. And yet they still won't recognize that this virus didn't come from some wet market. It also was paired very nicely with Andy Cohen. Yeah. He decided to call out Bill de Blasio, who's really destroyed a city. And that was on the New Year's Eve, which I'll talk about in a second. 
I thank you all for tuning in. I know this is new. There's going to be a full-fledged, good old brouhaha podcast recorded tomorrow. This is Saturday, the 2nd of January, 2021. Uh, Happy birthday to Zach in Tennessee. He is 31 years old today, which is making me feel kind of old. But some lessons learned off the last one. You know, a little long, so I'm going to pare it down. Less video bites, of course, is always the thing I say on my podcast. Less sound bites. I have not perfected the backdrop. Um, Didn't work out. Last podcast, uh, I tried with the projector. It's not working. I am now using this little G whiz thing you're seeing with the video. It's not a TV, but that's where a TV will go right there. Um, I have one. Just got to hang it. And then we will project things because, unfortunately, this doesn't work well if you don't have a green screen. So, uh, big sis in Colorado, thank you. I got down to the part where I inserted my logo, I had everything working, and I tried to make it recognize white, because the backdrop's white, and it just wouldn't do it, so eventually I will backdrop this in green, and it'll work, but it doesn't recognize the camo netting as green, and of course you see all the white stuff underneath, that's that's foam insulation, that's actually how we soundproof this. Uh, podcast booth, so it's not as attractive, but uh, anyway, so we're still working on it, but that's was what I wanted was the picture of the logo there in flames, I kind of think it was cool, and it was going to be in my video behind me, but now I moved it to the left, and it's just a loop, and it's working, so replies to this, uh, the thing that got everybody pissed off in New York was the fact that he was dancing, and they even tweeted it, Happy New Year's from the greatest city in the world. Yeah. And, and of course, people went at it. Cat turd. So Times Square was closed unless you're the guy who shut it down. And that's just indicative of what I saw on New Year's. Um, I literally saw liberals doing whatever they want. There's articles about John Legend, his wife, whatever she is. All just having a good old time. Nobody masked. Nobody on the Dick Clark, because I didn't watch it, I taped it, was masked, except for Seacrest. Um, and as you saw with the Seacrest, that's pretty indicative of what our presidency is going to be like. But they can't even do a, potty po- a party popper. But her saying America's going to be great. That's just insulting. 75 million people voted against this bag of dust. And you can't say stuff like that. That's what's wrong with their politics right now. The party comes in and says, well, I have a mandate because I have the majority. No, you don't. You have half the country, roughly. Half the country votes against somebody. Well, of the half that votes against somebody, uh, 10% are freaking Kool-Aid drinkers. So about 40% vote against somebody. That's how everybody wins. It's not that anybody's behind any of your causes or your craziness. It is literally just that they didn't want the other person. So I just thought that whole evening was bullcrap. But it's the left. Here is um, a rage tweeter. Chicago doctor. Um, I live in Chicago. At least 50 people at a party next door to me. This is absolutely infuriating. 
replies, just getting over COVID, naturally social distance. We wore masks when we went out, which was next to never. It will make it make it easy. It still made its way to our home. We did everything right. Focus needs to be put on building immunity, testing, and immediate treatment. People asked how many times to call the cops. But that's kind of what it is. Liberals use it as a cudgel, but they choose not to actually follow the rules. And that was New Year's. You know, we all need to huddle in our houses, especially if you're in a red state. But we're going to do what the fuck we want because it's 2021 and we won. Unity be damned. So, for some political media bashing... Here is Brian Seltzer with his parallel universe. Small numbers of essential staffers donned PPE to keep programming on the air. Some of the journalists covering COVID then contracted it and shared their stories. This virus came at me. I've never seen anything like it, okay? So yeah, I've had a, I've had a fever. You've had a fever. But 102, 103, 103 plus that wouldn't quit. And it was like somebody was beating me like a pinata. The pandemic was accompanied by an infodemic of misinformation. The coronavirus is, is, is the common cold, folks. Some right-wing hosts claimed that Democrats were hyping a hoax just to hurt Trump. Trish Regan and Fox Business parted ways after she said this. This is yet another attempt to impeach the president. But Fox's biggest stars faced no consequences for mocking public health measures. Any of these blue state control freaks, well, all of them, they need to keep away from our children and away from our businesses. The president took his cues from these shows and downplayed the dangers, even mocking reporters who wore masks. You're going to have to take that off. I'll speak a lot louder. And if 2020 proved anything, It's that America is split into two parallel universes of information, one much more tethered to reality than the other. Trump's war on truth weakened America's response to the pandemic. But testimonials and videos from inside hospitals were undeniable. My God, Miguel, uh, what an incredible look inside that hospital. Overwhelmed. They kept on saying we are overwhelmed some of the nominees stacy abrams all the black women activists all the healthcare workers and first responders and the fly on mike pence's head during the vice presidential debate and i think about what they'd be going through if people like latasha brown people like stacy abrams if the black lives matter activists if those wnba you know strong young women hadn't come out and said, we are changing the politics of this country for the better. We are going to stop Donald Trump and make him a one-term president. I thank God every day for the activists who won this election, for the voters and the activists who made it happen. We can't do four more years. Absolutely. I I think it's a three-way tie to healthcare workers, absolutely. And certainly, uh, Stacey, and the black women activists that did Black Lives Matter and the Commitment March, Ebony Riley and others. And you must remember, unlike... Uh, Ali, when I was a kid in the civil rights movement, we did this one this year in a pandemic. We had to organize huge marches and hope nobody got sick. I think my favorite part about every Brian Seltzer clip is just the total lack of awareness. All right, there's no awareness. I mean, we, we had the looking back and news coverage the past four years, narcissist. 
We're using Cuomo in your thing about COVID, how important it is. And he broke quarantine and almost beat a guy up. It's recorded. He even admitted it on a radio. You guys have no problem with that stuff. And then, and then you go over to the MSDNC and the politics of this. The politics of COVID was you wanted to win an election, so you used COVID to do that. All right? And we'll get further into COVID, but I, I wanted to stick to the seltzer because this guy is just... Here, here's his tweets this week. If someone managed to sleep through the Trump years and asked me what they missed, I start with enemy of the people. Why? Because Trump demonization of the media explain, explains almost everything. Con- Trump convinced his fans that people covering him were lying. Walls closing in. D- do we remember that? He told them to trust Fox and reject other info sources. On this very weekend, his first weekend in office, he said he was in a running war with the media. There were no winners in that war. Many times in my influential, in the, many times in many influential corners of the media, there was an impulse to ignore Trump's anti-media attacks. But the poison seeped in anyway. It's what caused some of the fractures in America and exasperated so many of the others. And the poison was advertised as an antidote. What aboutism? Cherry picking, cover ups of Trump's corruption. All of it flowed 24-7 from a parallel universe of info, a universe full of criticism of legacy outlets. It all tied back to Trump's endless campaign against the people who report the news, who he labeled the enemy. We've already covered up how much stuff on Biden, and he hasn't even sworn in yet. We have fucking demonized every conservative group. For four years, you blamed them for COVID. We still have blue states shutting down churches, but strip bars are open. Shut your mouth, Brian. And what about ism? We've what about ism right out the gate with fucking Biden and things they've said. Distrust of the media glued Trump's base together. That's why enemy of the people is the number one thing to understand about the past four years. It's a factor in every story about governmental action and inaction, every analysis of American politics. It's the key. Replies. So it's just not me. Area man tasked with navel gazing gazes at a navel. Shouldn't the relationship between the media and the politicians all be always be adversarial? Pandemic Israeli peace deals, impeachment, Russian collusion. Oh no, of course, this bitch fuck will make himself the story. What a fucking hero. And that's just the fact. That's that's just the fact. Part of the clip you watched also has Stacey Abrams as a hero for the year. I want you to understand, she lost... And she never said she was going to lose. Or, excuse me, she never said she lost. That's probably, you know, English. But anybody questioning the election is un-American, they say. And our podcast, there are a whole bunch of Republican representatives that are going to challenge it. Because there's so much bullshit going on. And we talk about how it's seeped down 
into Trump's base and made things so horrible for America. This is the teacher of the fucking year. And if I remember anything about COVID, it's what it's done with teachers. How we've seen that, if you didn't already know, your teacher is an activist who's brainwashing your kid and doesn't give a flying crap whether they can read, write, do math, know anything about history other than woke history. This is a tweet that nobody in the media covered. Who are Mitch McConnell's neighbors? I'm just saying. Rand Paul's neighbor did what a true Kentucky hero should do. It's your turn to step up. Really think about that. That's 2020. We had people go to the street and beat other Americans. And then the media cover for it and say they were peaceful protesters. And all those people, the black ones, the gay ones, the women, they were all white supremacists. That's how they could just deflect off what their voter base was doing. Kelly Paul, I'm so disgusted by this, I have no words. The 2019 National Teacher of the Year is celebrating the violent assault of my husband that resulted in six broken ribs and part of his lung being removed. This hateful thug is calling for more violence on Senator Mitch McConnell. But people say, Jack's going to jack. They're not going to do anything. Supposedly, he ended up um, apologizing. Let me see. RPS doesn't condone violence of any kind, period. Thank you, Rod Robinson. Thank you to Rob Robinson for his heartfelt apologies. Words matter across the political spectrum. I recently made a bad joke on Twitter about Rand Paul's fight with his neighbor in relation to Mitch McConnell's neighbors, and I was wrong for that. No one should be assaulted. Due to my ignorance of the situation, I didn't know Rand Paul was seriously injured in the altercation. Apologize for making light of his injuries. I do not advocate for violence against Mitch McConnell. Yes, you do. You do. I mean, you just do. It's what you do. You guys believe any means necessary. And the best way to prove it is media on COVID. Florida, one of the state's bucking CDC recommendations in vaccinating seniors ahead of some frontline workers. It's a massive undertaking, and Ryan Young is out front. This bumper-to-bumper traffic jam twists around the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida. A line so long, drivers have more than enough time to get out and stretch. You have to be patient, but it's a good setup. Not just in Orlando. Elderly Floridians across the state, anxious to receive the COVID-19 vaccine, are dealing with a similar situation. In Fort Myers, many bringing lawn chairs as they sit and wait for hours. Nine to be exact for this man. I personally feel there's got to be a better way. Because Florida has one of the largest populations over the age of 65. Governor Ron DeSantis decided to break slightly with CDC recommendations, which call for frontline health care workers and first responders to be vaccinated first. We believe that uh, the better approach is to focus on the elderly first and foremost, then we'll get in to essential workers. The vaccine, much needed in the Sunshine State, which has seen dark days this year, more than 21,000 COVID deaths so far, many of them seniors. We know people that have not survived. 
Unfortunately. Unfortunately. But the problem is, all 67 counties are handling the vaccine rollout differently, creating some confusion. Although I'm grateful to get the vaccine, I feel that there's got to be a better way to distribute this. Uh, for people that really need it, uh, elderly that might be dis disabled in, in some way, they can't endure this process. So there's got to be a better way. The issue's not restricted to long lines. Some seniors have heard the vaccine is available and have started showing up at hospitals only to get turned away, while others flood hospital phone lines looking to make appointments. In South Florida, Broward Health says they've already booked up with vaccine appointments and won't take on more patients until February. Back in Orange County, 30,000 people signed up within 24 hours on the county's website. They vaccinated more than 1,500 seniors on the first day, a dose of hope during this awful year. Great. I can't wait to see my grandkids. I can't wait to hug those little guys. It's like it's, it's just been so long and coming that so relieved. It's just wonderful. We're just feeling very blessed right now. Beyond a day two, we've seen a remarkable change from what we saw yesterday. Cars are wrapped around the block. Now seniors get the shot here. Then they travel over to this parking lot over here where they have to sit and wait for 15 to 30 minutes to make sure they don't have an adverse reaction. One last thing we heard from the governor today, Ron DeSantis, and he says he believes he's not going to take the shot because the seniors here deserve to get it first. Where we are with vaccinations, I think 2.8 million Americans uh, reportedly have been vaccinated. As you know, as of today, we were supposed to be at 20 million. I mean, according to the early predictions from the administration. So that's a fraction. That's really disheartening. And also, we're just falling behind other countries. Other countries are doing this better in terms of getting people vaccinated. So, for instance, Bahrain doing better. Israel doing better. The UK doing marginally better. We're doing a little bit better than Canada, but still, what do we need to do here to make this better? We need a sense of urgency. We've been waiting, you know, for a vaccine and magically, like a gift from God, we actually get two vaccines that are spectacularly effective. And we're just sort of leisurely administering them in the United States. So we have literally 10 million doses sitting on the shelf around the country waiting to go into arms. We need mass events. We need to vaccinate on a large scale. And when I hear Admiral Giroir yesterday saying, well, they'll be in CVS and Walgreens, you know, pretty soon and people will be able to go there and get them. No, no, that's not the way to do it. it you know, we've seen in, you know, sadly, in large parts of the country, you know, thousands of cars lined up for food giveaways. We know how to do that. We can give vaccines the same way. We need large events at uh, football stadiums, racetracks. We need to go to uh, into mass vaccination mode, and we need to do it now. And I just don't see the urgency. It's not happening under this president, clearly. I mean, he, he's checked right. out on the pandemic, and he said explicitly, it's up to the states. It's not my problem. And he's golfing, and he's challenging the election based on nothing. So that's still three weeks before a new administration takes over. Can the Biden administration and his team correct exactly the problems you're talking about, right, which is leaning entirely on states, on private pharmacy chains, rather than the national mass event plan you're talking about? How quickly can the new administration correct this? Well, I'm sure they're already working on this. Uh, you know, many of us have thought, you know, over the last several months that we were only going to get this pandemic under control with regime change because the outgoing administration. The issue is 
is the federal government doing enough to facilitate getting people vaccinated once they get to the states? And I think what you heard there is him talking about developing, manufacturing, and distributing the vaccine, which is what Operation Warp Speed has focused on and the military has certainly assisted with. But then you have the preparation and administration part of it as well. And there seems to be a disconnect between those two parts. So until you get that, the, the administration part of it done, where people are actually getting their shots connected up to the distribution part, you're going to have these low numbers happening right now. And like I mentioned earlier, in some countries you're seeing mass vaccination events happening. One thing this country has been very good at in the past, and if you look at World War I, World War II, is mobilizing our entire industry, mobilizing our country behind one cause in an emergency. This should be the cause we mobilize the country behind and say, we need to get these vaccines in people's arms. We need to get them to where they need to be, and we need to give people shots as quickly as possible. Let's do what it takes to do that. That means somebody centrally at the federal level needs to control that or at least make sure it's happening. And of course, uh, Dr. Daja, it is our system of federalism and states' rights. And also, for instance, in the UK and Canada, they have the National Health Service. So they have a, a ready-made way of tracking and bringing people together and distributing something like this in a very orderly fashion. What comes to mind now is how well are we tracking the people who need their second doses? And also, who's gotten Moderna versus Pfizer You know, down the road a year from now? They need to know medically who got which vaccine in order to follow up. So, Reverend Al, I, I was just struck watching uh, as we, we came in there with that, that long list of, of promises from these administration officials. They have really gotten Americans' hopes up over the course of the last couple of weeks. Everyone, or months really, everyone has been desperate for this pandemic uh, to come to an end. And those officials have been out there saying, don't worry, it's coming, we're gonna, we're, we got this. But... They're setting in some ways expectations for the Biden administration that, that are just being uh, set up to fail. Do you think that's that's part of what's going on here? And, and what is the challenge for the Biden team? Well, the challenge for the Biden team is to give a realistic projection on what can be delivered, uh, whether this is a setup or not. It, in effect, will be acting as a setup if the Biden team does not give realistic expectations, be able to deliver on them. And if we are not successful in challenging the federal government to give the states what they need to operate. One of the arguments on Capitol Hill, and you know this better than anyone, has been aged to uh, the states who are already operating in deficits. And if the federal government under uh, President Trump is saying that it's not us, it's the states, but then they're not giving the states the kind of revenue and support that they need, it really falls back on them and they will pass it off to Biden and be the first one blaming Biden on January 21st, the day after the inauguration, they will make it his problem. And there you have it. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris uh, receiving the first dose of that vaccine, uh, we're told, and as she just confirmed there, uh, she received the Moderna vaccination. Uh, her husband 
uh, Doug Emhoff will be receiving that vaccine as well. He'll That's why I think what the vice president-elect today did today was also so important. You know, you think back to Biden's selection of Kamala Harris as his running mate, uh, what we saw on election night, and then in some ways, almost more powerfully today, something that we've talked about all along, which is that representation matters. It's one thing for Joe Biden as the president-elect to get the vaccine and to say he's confident in its efficacy. It's another thing, especially given what the vice president-elect herself acknowledged was mistrust among communities of color about this vaccine, to see her be willing to get it, uh, to express her confidence in it, and to encourage uh, all Americans, but particularly communities of color, uh, to receive that vaccine today. This is a concern on the part of the Biden team, not just that the vaccine will be distributed, but that Americans who have the option to get the vaccine will, in fact... So Here we see the vice president-elect, Kamala Harris, and her husband, Doug Emhoff. It looks like Kamala will be going first. No surprise, as we mentioned earlier, the nurse who will be administering the vaccine is Patricia Cummings. She has been working at that hospital at the United Medical Center for 15 years. She was born in Guyana, the daughter of two Guyanese immigrants. Uh, so she will be administering the, vac the vaccine to uh, the vice president-elect. And let's listen in. She will be receiving the... I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are... I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. That line from Ronald Reagan in 1986 has become the operating governing principle for modern-day Republicans. They want us to believe that government does not and should not help people. And they never miss a chance to repeat that mantra. President Reagan once told us that the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help you. Remember that old, that old Ronald Reagan line? I believe that Ronald Reagan had it right. I agree with Ronald Reagan. The most feared words in the English language. The most terrifying words in the English language. The scariest words in the English language. The nine most frightening words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. I'm here for the from the government and I'm here to help. I'm from the government and I'm here to help you is what one of the most frightening lines in America. It's no longer a joke. 2020 was perhaps the year we needed help from the government the most, and yet government was nowhere to be found. As a public health crisis exploded in this country, President Trump and his administration went from pretending the coronavirus didn't exist to not being honest with the American people about what they knew, to completely dropping the ball on testing, to not advocating for policies that would keep Americans safe, to missing the mark on distributing the vaccine and endlessly delaying a second COVID relief package. Their abject failure, their dereliction of duty has led to hundreds of thousands of deaths and unprecedented economic turmoil. And not only are they not upset about it or regretful, they have the audacity to be complaining about socialism. Former Trump ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, tweeting the other day, quote, 2020 was the year socialism went mainstream. This terrifying trend threatens the future of every American. <sighs> As we discussed on the show earlier, at the current rate, it could take 10 years to vaccinate every American. So I'm pretty sure too much government action is not our problem right now. It's far too little. I know, it's a long, long soundbite. Or vid bite. Gotta redo my verbiage. But if you really break it down every week, it, the media will go after every angle to try to make Republicans look responsible for everything. And if the Affordable Care Act taught us anything, Democrats rolling something out 
will never be criticized by this media. So you can guarantee by the 23rd or 24th of this month, everything is perfect. Everybody's getting their immunizations. And if you say anything else, you're just playing politics. Yet we just had the Speaker of the House play politics. Everybody played politics with the stimuluses. They said they weren't even going to take the shots. Then they took the shots, as you saw, they fawn over VP Harris getting her shot. But Marco Rubio is a piece of shit for getting a shot. We got people on the TV saying they shouldn't get shots because if they didn't ask for mask mandates and welding you in your fucking house. They didn't take COVID serious. But from start to finish, with the fear-mongering, and I love focusing on Cuomo and the fact that we had... Not enough respirators. And then I get the respirators because we found respirators in a closet. And we were just waiting for later. And he got mad. The media didn't run with it. And then we ran with, oh, I got too many respirators. We sent a fucking ship there. They didn't send COVID patients to it. We're going to be overwhelmed. But if anything 2020, if you went to social media, it sure seemed in hospitals. And this is just a short this could go on for an hour. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, wavy when I turn it on. Off from my city, off from my home. We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that. Sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off it, moving so phenomenally. You more like the way we rock it, so don't stop. And under the lights, when everything goes, nowhere to hide when I'm getting you close. When we move, well, you already know. When you dance, dance, dance Feel a good, good creeping up on you So just dance, dance, dance Come on, all those things I shouldn't do But you dance, dance, dance And ain't nobody leaving soon So keep dancing So just dance, dance, dance
Once again, that is 2020. That's the entire COVID. A dude put a comic out and it shows, I'll miss you, a kid, if I could only hold your hand one time, and then a picture of nurses dancing. And the guy who did it, George Alexopopoulos, I don't know how to say it. This comic isn't real. No shit, it's a comic. You hate doctors or nurses. Only bad ones. Everyone take a look at this comic. It sucks. Hey, thanks for spreading my comic. Not all doctors are bad. They work hard and put their health at risk to save lives. I agree. How do you feel about police? All police are bad. Oh, okay. I feel like the reference here, I'm not privy to. Why are they dancing? Because this. And she shared it, and I grabbed it. It's because they have a new COVID vaccination. Uh, remember how the pandemic was overwhelming and frontline warriors over X Xmas? And, and these are all just recently. I could have done a whole hour of this. Of people dancing in scrubs. But we don't have enough beds. People are dying everywhere. Oh, really? Minnesota legislators say COVID-19 death totals have been inflated in their state. Call for an audit. That's Democrats, too. That was 2020. You got hit by a fucking bus. They then did a COVID test on your dead body. You're asymptomatic. COVID! Because we monetized it. But they won't ever back off this. CNN. Nearly half a million people may have had COVID-19 in Wuhan study shows. That almost 10 times the official figure. From Jump Street, we said that they were perfect. That if you criticize them, you're xenophobic. If you said it came from a lab, you're xenophobic. And then the mass math mandates. Uh, admitting mass lockdown policies a fail would be political suicide. El Gato Mako. This simple counter-narrative fact keeps cropping up all over the world. Hospital and ICU utilization has been and remains low this year. It's terribly curious how so few of these monitoring tools provide historical baselines. Getting them is like pulling teeth. It took a Freedom of Information request, but COVID-19 Data UK acquired 2017-19 average for England hospitalizations. 2020 had 18% fewer hospitalizations than the prior year. All around the world, using hospital data without context of prior years is just fear-mongering. And then you go down and you check everything from who had masks, who didn't. A friend of my wife just got covid They wore masks. They rarely went out. When they did, they went out like we did early in the morning when there's nobody there. They got COVID in their house. But they did what they were told to do. And they're not dying. They're not even in a hospital. They got a low-grade fever. But that's not what you heard. But it was a cudgel. It was an election year. So from masks to lockdowns to stats to inflating, to talking about Florida when New York still has the most death and most cases ever. Nobody cares. Carol Roth gives us a good thread, and she's been really good on this this year. 
Why do people not trust experts, the government or the media? Here's a little bit on what happened around masks. While some will say the science changed or the information changed, it did not. The politics changed, as admitted in the thread. First studies back to 2007 recommend mask wearing as protocol for similar respiratory viruses. This was known by experts. Here's what we were told. February 2020, people were buying masks on their own. The U.S. Surgeon General said, stop. I remember somebody asking me, why do you have an N95 on? And I would say, that's the only mask I have. I bought them for allergies. It was a contractor pack. I didn't like buy them because I wanted to be a prepper. I wore them when I did yard work. February 2020, CNN There's been a run on surgical masks in the U.S. because of the coronavirus scare. You just don't need them. CNN again. Masks can't stop the coronavirus in the U.S., but hysteria has led to bulk buying. MSDNC. Frequent hand washing, not wearing a face mask, is the most important step the public can take to prevent the spread of coronavirus, the WHO says. And for those new to the show, I'm reading actual tweets. March, masks can be hurtful. CNN, masks may actually increase your coronavirus risk if worn improperly, Surgeon General warns. WAPO, epidemiologists, experts say the most important aspect of preparedness costs nothing at all. Calm, you may need to scroll the thread to see the tweet. WAPO, if you're not already sick and you're not a healthcare worker, you don't need to wear a mask. And you certainly don't need to buy every box your local pharmacy has in stock. Eric Sawwell, stop wearing masks. End of March, NBC News criticized the president for being fixated on masks and arguing with experts who said not to wear them. ABC News tweeted, there is little benefit from wearing a surgical type mask and may even put you at greater risk for spreading infection. CDC changed their position in April. Outlets say that was political. Daily Beast. Do you remember it? We covered it. June, July 2020, Dr. Faki himself admitted that the public was intentionally misled on masks because they thought there was a shortage of masks, but there wasn't a shortage of masks. Just like respirators. Fast forward to December, Faki moves the goalpost to herd immunity. Sorry, I lost my mouse. There we go. The moral of the story is to stop holding these people up as heroes. Be skeptical. Do your own research and cut people slack for not allowing experts who consistently intentionally misled them. The science didn't change. The politics did. What are other politics things that we do? Hmm, this is a good one. Jesse Kelly. I'm not worried about lefties celebrating Luke Letlow's death because I long ago accepted it. They think you deserve to die for what you believe. You will wake up to the fact or they will win. I love when they reveal themselves. American leftists are the same as leftists have always been. They're not somehow superior because they reside here. Leftism is a religion of domination. And like many religions, one of the core beliefs is that you deserve death for being a heretic. How many times have I said that on the podcast? Remember, when Obama would give some wretched speech about gun control immediately after some awful mass shooting, we were all horrified because it wasn't the time and place. But there is something you absolutely have to understand about leftists. They don't look at anything and say to themselves, let's not go there. Because it's a religion. Everything is an opportunity to advance the word of God. Every situation, every organization, someone dead, good. How can we use it? That's how they think. He had a heart attack. It wasn't COVID, but he had COVID. 
How many people? I can both at least 10 times in 2020, the left relished in the death of somebody. But yet, on Twitter, there's people wishing for death. The teacher of the year is wishing for death. But it's you that's the piece of shit. And then we get back to more of the politics. Mike Pence gives vaccination claims and how good they did. It is pretty amazing. This is from Politico? No, HuffPo. Speaking of playing politics, there's Mike Pence casually changing the Trump's admin goal of vaccinating 20 million people by the end of the year to distributing 20 million people. You people said don't take it. I have a whole other thread of GOP who died of COVID from a heart attack. Just reporters. Kurt Eichenwall. It's at a moment like this, I want to find an anti-masker and beat them to death. Since they believe they have the right to kill others, they have surrendered any right to objections. That's that's what we do. I mean, it's all politics. It is a religion. They hate religion, so they make a religion with Psalms and Proverbs, disciples, and they're worse than any religion you ever have. Drew Holden, this is the other one that was a constant in 2020. Today, Brady Leonard and I agree that 2020 Man of the Year is Ron DeSantis for his leadership in response to COVID, despite endless attacks from the media. To add some context, I put these attacks side by side with coverage of Cuomo. As of today, New York's death per 100K is 188. Florida is 96. Florida and Governor DeSantis seem to be doing something right, but you would have no idea that was the case. Side by side. Miami Beach Mayor Gerber discusses Florida Mayor calling on Ron DeSantis to take action on surging coronavirus cases. We handled it in New York, and the nation learned nothing from that experience. Frankly, Governor Cuomo. Well, they learned not to put old people back into old folks' homes. Drew Holden, the worst offender, had to be CNN, which is no surprise given Coleman's brother works there. Putting politics in front of lives, DeSantis faces criticism over Florida COVID response. For 111 consecutive days, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo sat before the PowerPoint slide and talked to America, because he's America's governor. Yeah, if you don't believe that, you're a fucking heretic. Um... Where we got next one from CNN. Interesting way CNN chose to humanize Florida with the Ron DeSantis at the helm has become a global ground zero for COVID-19. Governor Cuomo heartfelt message to his brother Chris, who got COVID-19. Truth be told, this entire threat can be focused just on CNN. Attorney General or Attorney Daniel Uberfield is a grim reaper. That guy that dressed up like an idiot. So, fam, let's talk real. Mass, they're total beasts, so side that into your DMs and twitch it. If 
51-year-old actor Paul Rudd made a public service announcement. That was a big thing this year. PSAs on wearing masks because they're in their house and flying in private jets. Both of these stories come from the New York Times. With infection now rapidly spreading in Florida while they retreat in New York. Even though they're still locked down. Andrew Cuomo is a control freak we need right now. WAPO. Does Florida Governor Santos know what he's doing? We're about to find out. Andrew Cuomo during the COVID-19 crisis is the same as ever. With one big difference. People like him. Oh, they do. Really. Not AIDS who get sexually harassed. Uh, NPR. Trump claimed ally and Florida governor has taken decisive steps, but thousands say he sucks. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo will receive an international Emmy. And I'm not going on. This goes on for like 10 pages. It's just non-freaking-stop. Non-stop. The other thing that was non-stop is that whenever there is a shooting in America, it's going to be the cop's fault, and you can bank on it, the media will not say the facts. George Floyd was supposed to be the turning point where we saw these uh, killers come down. According to records, since the day after George Floyd's death back in May, more than 100 black people have been killed by the police. And what is so ironic is the fact that Andre Hill was wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt that had just George Floyd on when he was shot and killed by these police officers. Police shooting, ignore races. On Monday, two CNN shows, New Day and CNN Tonight, gave liberal civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump, who's always there making his buck, 
a forum to cite reports on number of blacks killed by cops since May without mentioning that most killed were from other racial groups in the same time period. Blacks are killed at a higher rate in police incidents, but more and more, many more whites are killed and typically considered not newsworthy. On Wednesday, the CBS Morning ran another report in which fill-in host Jerrica Duncan cited reports that more than 100 blacks have been killed since May, again without mentioning the number that included any other racial group. As Crump appeared as a guest on New Day, he complained, and we heard it. Uh, Camarado was all on board, blah, blah, blah. On CNN Tonight, Crump made another appearance and gave a slightly lower number, but still without the context of including other racial groups. Now you see what happens, Andre Hill, three days for Christmas. Don, I mean, an unarmed black man holding a cell phone, 76 black people have been killed. Don Lehman made no challenge to his guests. What does achieving justice look like here, Ben? And on the next morning, Jerrica Duncan cited a different source to report on Andre Hill's killing. According to records, since the day after George Floyd, 100 people have been killed. But the Washington Post database of deadly shootings finds that out of a total of 981 police shooting deaths that it has recorded for all of 2020, the number of whites was 432, 44%. Blacks, 223, 23%, 155 Hispanics, 16%, and 22 other races. The total number categorized as unarmed stands at 40, which includes 17 whites, 13 blacks, 6 Hispanics, an Asian, and an undetermined. We found CNN New Day has notably only highlighted one example of white police shooting all year long. But on this Minneapolis shooting, Minneapolis police shoot and kill a man during a traffic stop. According to the Minneapolis Police Department, a police officer shot and killed a man during a traffic stop on Wednesday. This is the first killing of a member of the department since George Floyd death in May. Preliminary info, this is later down. Officer did a traffic stop on a felony suspect near 36th Street and Cedar Avenue. Gunfire was exchanged. Part of a community response. Deep in there... He fired at them. I find that father's thing being pushed out by some reporter from Minneapolis. Jury's upset, but don't pull a gun on a cop. A.G. Hamilton used to be conservative. Family's always going to say that. Luckily, we have actual video footage that shows what actually happened. He tried to free police in a car and then fired a gun. He wasn't legally allowed to have. Then they fired back. None of that came out. Ian Miles Chong. Here's a Minneapolis body cam footage, which I won't play because you can see it, from the police officer who fatally shot a felony suspect who, to no one's surprise, fired first. Twitter has this as their head story. What they don't mention is the guy shot the police first. New York Times, Minneapolis police fatally shoot man during traffic stop. It was the first killing by a Minneapolis officer since George Floyd death in May. The chief said witnesses indicate the man had fired first. They put it on after publishing. But then we go to the fraternal order of police. And I want to make sure this, you, this sticks with you. As we've done the Fergus effect... In nauseam on the show from Heather McDonald on how after Ferguson, after Baltimore with Freddie Gray, 
we just stopped policing and everything went up. This is, this for 2020, murder rates. Philadelphia up 39.7. Minneapolis up 72.3%. Indianapolis up 27.9. New Orleans up 52.1. Little old Nashville up 35.7. D.C. up 19.4. New York City 39.2. Chicago 56% up. That's amazing if you think about it. 42.5, 42.5, Los Angeles 30.4, St. Louis 33.9, Milwaukee almost 95%, it's 94.9, Seattle 67.9, Louisville 58.9, Dallas 24.4, Miami almost 31%, Atlanta almost 58%, Boston 54%. Is this the world they want? And the latter half of that was actually and the NGO. That's how they start in the new year. You heard them. They're not stopping. Ever. And with the media we have, why would they? And with the administration. The first thing Biden's going to do comes from everybody. Biden has sent executive order blocking Trump midnight regulations. He's basically going to do it. The first thing he's going to do is executive order away all the executive orders you can you're going to have the gay bathroom bullshit coming back declassification of stuff everything just redo it all and then you get stuff like this philip rucker hillary supporter now biden supporter Secret Service is altering the presidential detail to bring on agents who previously worked with Biden amid concern that some agents were politically aligned with Trump. Carol Lenning reports. People say, why would they be aligned? Lifties, oh, this is smart. I am so fucking glad to hear this. I knew this was going to be a genuine concern. This is wise concerning the week we may be facing. This is chilling. This is frightening. This makes me very nervous for Harris. The American people should trust anyone that has had any dealings with Trump. That we have to worry about the integrity of the Secret Service is something we have never dreamed of in this country. I I didn't see you getting upset about the FBI going after Trump. Text, we have it. They have every right to be concerned. Political assassinations have plagued our history. I, only a few people saying, where did she get this? Where did you get this? It's not true. It's not true. And then to make it even worse, and it kind of goes with Andy NGO. Here's the media just ignoring this shit. Fox 31 in Denver, where the heat is coming back on for thousands of residents in Aspen after police say there was an attack on three natural gas sites as temperatures are forecast to fall near two degrees there. Police say Earth First was found written on a pipe at a natural gas pumping station near the ski resort town. Let's be honest. In our podcast tomorrow, we have CNN and CBS talking about the peaceful protests that were treated poorly by the horrible police and armed protesters and all that kind of shit. That's that's what they covered. What would happen if some mega guys blew up some gas lines? 
I mean, we lied this year about armed protesters taking over the Michigan State House, which was a total lie. They just happened to be armed. We have no equity in our media. It's really bad. New York Times gives us one fun thing, and then we'll do an article and close this out, because I'm trying to keep it short. We're already at an hour. It's kind of a hodgepodge of subjects that I took out of the podcast, but don't worry, you'll get a full podcast tomorrow. New York Times spoils the party history of tiki bars and cultural appropriation. Now, understand, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I have this. I had a 67 Chevy pickup forever, and I had a hula girl. She was POC. And then all the stupid shit came out, and I saw a fucking article about somebody getting attacked over it. So I asked for Christmas for whiteies, and Mom got me a whitey. So I have a whitey here, and I have a whitey on my truck. This one was repainted by the wife. I've always had a hula girl, but I guess that's bad. Here is literally the article. Did you mean that tiki bars are a beverage industry mainstay with a painful under-examined past requiring reclaiming and repair? That's the sour message of the New York Times business section. Sammy Katz and Olivia Gruff. Online headline, history of tiki bars and cultural appropriation. On its eternal quest to run innocent pleasure, ruin innocent pleasures, the Times is suffering a social justice hangover and passing the headache to its readers. Meanwhile, 99% of the population remain blissfully unaware they should even be aware of sipping at a Mai Tai at a tiki bar. It is unquestionably difficult time for the hospitality industry. Every day, another restaurant shutters. One more bar pulls its steel gate down for good. Since its invention, one kind of watering hole has seen America through its most grueling times. The tiki bar. Decorated with bamboo and beachy lights, with bartenders in Aloha shirts serving up Mai Tais, tiki bars are blooming part of American hospitality industry. Put down your phone and put on the lay. Here's something delicious in a silly mug. They offer an intoxicating escape from the way of the world. But the roots of tiki bars are far from the Pacific Islands. A Maori word for the carved image of a god or ancestor, tiki became synonymous with the United States as elsewhere for gimmicky souvenirs and decor. Now a generation of beverage industry professionals are shining a light on a genre history of racial inequity, cultural appropriation, has long been ignored because it clashes with a carefree aesthetic, and I'm not reading anymore. They ruin everything. It's like what they got to do. It's just what they got to do. And we close with the clowning of America. Author compiles 50 of 2020's most clownish news stories in an epic thread, and I thought it was great. It's Orwell and good. This year has been quite something, but let's try to pick some of the most clownish stories this year. Had to offer. Here's to 2020, end of the year thread, one of 50. And I'm going to zoom this up so we don't have any reading problems which I always have. Groom with gender-fluid fiancé didn't know if he'd married man or woman on big day. (laughs) That's so 2020. Chris Law was signing right up until the day of his wedding to partner Douglas Davis, who walked down the aisle as Chris Friona, who he spent most of his life with. Two, 
Police were wrong to check my thinking. Businessman transphobic tweets were lawful, and the officer breached his right by acting like the Stasi and arriving at his work. That's overseas. Because remember, they'll throw you in jail. Twitter, they just ban you. Overseas, you can go to jail for it. Number three, opinion, the college fix. Let white people die. Professor triples down. Whiteness is mental and physical terrorism. We covered that on the show. It was one of my favorites. Sweden. Sweden votes to pay Somali IMF debt. That's woke. In style, Hawaiian shirts have become an unlikely symbol of white supremacy. Which I was going to wear one today, but I forgot to grab it before I came downstairs. But I'm thinking about that will be my catch thing. This is my Rakasan hat from the 187 Infantry. And I'll wear a tiki shirt because... You know, Hawaiian shirt that's tiki style, because both of those are wrong, but I've been wearing those forever because I'm a fat guy and I don't have any hair. Middle-aged men wear those shirts, but all of a sudden, it is white supremacist plowboy shit. Stepmom, number six, justifies exposing breasts to kids because she's a feminist. Gets charged with a sex crime. She is not very attractive. She shouldn't do it. Seven. How Britain's colonial past could be traced through to the transphobic feminism of today. That is a woke title. Eight. Why were there no women in the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan? Do we remember this? Oh, God, I remember this. Uh, Senior coach figures lobbied for convicted pedophile to be allowed to foster... Inquire hearing. That's that's 2020. Now this. Doctors are posting naked pics online to protest PPE shortage in Germany. We covered it. Did you know the Nazis were obsessed with health guidelines? Number 12. T.I. slammed for calling time spent with his daughter. Thought prevention hours. 13. By easing its bar exam score, will California produce more black and Latino lawyers? We don't want good ones, right? Yeah, that would make make no fucking sense. Why would we want good lawyers? 14. Feminist future without abolishing... uh, I'm sorry. Feminist future without abolishing the family. The feminist thinker Sophie Lewis has a radical proposal for what comes next. You know what it is? You don't exist. Gender is a construct. The racist roots of fighting obesity. We covered it on the show. Scientific America. Anybody follow the podcast? I'm all down with the fat stuff. Okay, I'm a fat guy, and I want I want mine. All right, that gives me my little token check mark. I'm white, which gives me a minus minus ten. On the intersectionality scorecard, but I get like plus two because I'm fat. So that was a negative eight. British woman loses lawsuit after relationship with chandelier ruled not a protected status. Yeah, that's scary. Coronavirus is leading to shortage of fentanyl and meth. (laughs) That's a problem since we legalized it. Why Rebel Wilson's weight loss is sad for so many women like me. 
I hate you because you changed your life. Stop changing. Think like us. The hidden, hidden bigotry of crosswords. We covered that. Do I need to stop sleeping with random guys because of the coronavirus? Really? Blood of recovered COVID-19 patients is being sold as a vaccine on the dark net. 22, Sarah Palin in a a fursuit perfectly embodies the surreal horrors of 2020. That masked singer says everything we need to know about our culture. I don't know why you'd watch that. These places make non-athletic girls feel awful. Mom, 40, breaks down in tears and leaves a fitness class early after the fit and attractive women made her feel a failure. Well, Pink News! UK's biggest cervical cancer charity shuts down disgusting transphobic lie that only females get cervical cancer. Pink News against... Jesus was a gay, gender-fluid drag queen, says college professor. I hope lightning hits you. Cambridge promotes lecturer who tweeted, White lives don't matter and abolish whiteness. 27. No, Netflix is not promoting pedophilia with cuties. Yes, they are. 28. Why I called in black at work and how I use that time to heal. That's coming to you. You're going to get paid days because you're black. They'll do anything to keep that voting block. Dear Deidre, my son cut me off completely after I had amazing sex with his teenage pile. Wow. Black and minority children excluded by whitewashed sex education leading to higher rates of STIs. Really? Wow. Michelle Obama discusses racism she experienced as first lady. White people don't even see me. Oh, really? We, we didn't have a choice. We didn't want to see you. The media loved you. Priest in New York Church. Christ is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. No, he's not. Hot Air brings us our number 33. Merriam-Webster alters definition of sexual preference to say it's offensive after Hirono attacked. A lot of dictionary changes to promote wokeness. That's why we know it's a religion. It's a cult. 34, the privilege of play. From microaggressions to act of overt racism, why swimming isn't inviting to minority groups. Really? 33, more memes became reality. U.S. Dictionary Merriam changes its definition of racism not racist, huh? Well, excuse me while I change around some definitions. Now you're rotten, or racist, ha-ha, Nazi. Go to college. Berkeley, that's true. 36, USC professor placed on leave after black student complained his pronunciation of Chinese words affected their mental health. Wow. That, 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 wow. Mm. Anybody has been with the podcast for a while knows that that is my biggest pet peeve. It used to be when I was a kid, you were a racist if you didn't do ethnic stuff. Now you are a racist if you do ethnic stuff. You just can't win. 37, Rutgers University says grammar is racist, gets called out for assuming minorities can't write correctly. 38, I'm a non-white, white feminist. 39, some of these just don't even say anything. Believe all women is a right-wing trap. 
40. Seattle defunded police. Now businesses are leaving and rioters still aim explosive at cops. 41. I've always loved fried chicken, but the racism surrounding it shamed me. 42. How big Chungus fell victim to Nazi shit posters. I don't even know who that is. 43. I dumped my broke husband only to find out he is rich and was only pretending. 44. Body positive movement. Why is my body not important? The body positivity movement has taken over social media and forced the diet industry to reinvent itself. Its mainstream success has led to more diversity in the beauty and health industry, but not all feel included. That only became because everybody jumped on the bandwagon for that one black singer, and if you said anything about her body, you were racist, and that was just cancel culture. No. You're still going to go to the doctor and be called a fat slop. 45. Man avoids jail time by claiming to be a trans woman. I've seen a lot of that lately. 46, Seattle demands all white city employees share examples of their racism. 47, teen who battered multiple child rapists with pool cue and Palmont Jail let off by judge over exceptional circumstances. 48, Japanese mayor says men should do shopping as women take too long. Wow, that's going to get you in trouble. 49, man shows up in blackface to Toronto protests and quickly gets arrested by the police. And our last one. One egg a day lowers your risk of type 2 diabetes. Controversial study says it promotes fatty acid that protect you from the disease. Right next to it by the Daily Mail, eating just one egg a day increases your risk of diabetes by 60%, study warns. That was 17 November. The first one was in January. So I guess you just don't get any eggs. Which brings me to our last subject. I wanted to put this on the show. I couldn't. Great apt. You'll see its logo on the end. Merry Christmas! No. FX Guru is one of my favorites. It just really is. Um, I got that years ago, but you can do that with a bunch of Christmas stuff. And I wanted to play that on the podcast, but you just hear ho, 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 and you couldn't see it. So I, I put it out here, which leads into our last quick subject, and we'll close this out. Depression. For those that have been with the show as a vet, I went through a lot of problems post my retirement, really. Um I can't say it was war-related. It was just life. I um, was dealing with all the loneliness that comes with being in the in the service, especially if you're you're married. In the last four years, I was pretty much away from my family. I didn't really reconcile with that. I drank a lot of liquor and sat in a van down by the river like uh, Chris Farley for the last two years in the Mojave and just got drunk. But then my grandkids left, and I went through this huge depression, and I finally went and saw somebody. So why am I saying that? The holidays in 2020 as a whole has been a very depressing time for everybody. Um, A lot of loneliness, a lot of abuses, whether it be alcohol, drugs, whatever. And I just felt 
it was a good time to remind everybody there's no shame in talking. The best thing I ever did was finally go to a psychiatrist. Now, granted, I went to six appointments. All they want to do is talk about mommy, daddy shit. It's just really kind of annoying. But being able to talk to a disinterested third person to just spoo some shit out and I got it off my chest, whoa, it fixed me. It really did. And I think with COVID cudgel, that's just going to get worse with Biden, who's going to lock everything down, mass mandates. They don't give a fuck. They want you in your house. They want to start handing you money every month and make you just vote for them. It's only going to get worse. Hospitalizations are down because nobody can go to the hospital. People are going to be dying like flies from un unfreaking diagnosed cancers, suicides, overdose. It's, it's horrible. There is no study being done. As vets were down to 17 a day last I checked. God knows what it went up during the holidays. I follow one Twitter account that does track it. And daily they had somebody reaching out and they were in trouble. So it's imperative for the only few people that will ever see this. But maybe someday this starts taking off like my podcast does and more than a few people watch it. There's no shame in talking to somebody. There's no shame in reaching out. Whether it's a friend, it's a doctor, it doesn't matter. Depression's serious. Everybody has it. I come from a family of depressed people. It's genetically predispositioned for us to be this way because that's our gene pool. You need to reach out. You need to talk. Holidays already do it. COVID makes it worse. So if you're down, if you're blue, if you're starting to think thoughts that are not natural, like I'm going to go take my car into the bridge abutment, (laughs) like Tommy boy, pick up a phone. There's 1-800 numbers everywhere. Our local PBS does it before every show. Make the call. Just make the call. It's well worth it. So... This wraps up another episode of Fly Over Politic with a K Vidcast. I don't think that's what it's called, but I'm going with it. Please feel free to share with family, friends, and send comments about the track by emailing flyoverpoliticwithak at outlook.com. Get this audio of the show and more podcasts on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, iTunes, Down, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, a whole bunch of places. Check out our Twitter account at Fop Tony Reed, F-O-P-T-O-N-Y-R-E-E-D. You should know that because that's how you found the show because I can't link this damn thing on SoundCloud. I've tried. It just won't work for me. The next video cast will be January 9th, year of our Lord 21. Our next podcast will be tomorrow, January 3rd. I say that even though I'm going to be sending this out tomorrow. It seems kind of odd, but I'm recording this on Saturday for a Sunday release. And Sunday, I'll be doing the podcast. So they go out at the same time. Please share it to family and friends, though. The only way this goes anywhere is if somebody freaking watches it. I'm going to keep it to a few subjects. It'll get shorter next time. I just wanted to slice out a little bit of 2020, a little crazy, kind of give you a feeling of what the show's going to be like. I promise this... 
We'll be at TV next time. We're going to play some videos and use my pointer like I want to. But the backdrop just didn't work. I thought it would, but the projector and the lights, it just doesn't work. It's probably the camera has to be pretty high tech to do that. And this is great, but it's just not good enough. I thank you for watching. Tune in tomorrow for a podcast. Take care of yourself and happy new year. Thank you for listening to Flyover Politic Podcast. Please check out our Twitter account at FopTonyReed and send suggestions or comments to email address F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Remember, the flyover states are the backbone of this country. Never fear flying your flag and standing tall. Ignore the media hate. Ignore the fascist coastal states. Try as they might to bring America down. The patriots of this country will never bow down.